Hi, this is Pastor Danny Deeth, and I'm so excited that you have chosen to join us here at First Presbyterian Church for worship today. Know that the love, grace, mercy, and joy of Jesus Christ beckon you to join our church family as we seek to celebrate our journey with Christ in this service of worship. So we're glad you're here. Come on in. First scripture reading this morning comes from the book of Psalms, the 46th Psalm. It's on page 517 of your pew Bibles. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth should change, though the mountains shake in the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble with its tumult. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy habitation of the Most High. God is in the midst of the city. It shall not be moved. God will help when the morning dawns. The nations are in an uproar. The kingdoms totter. He utters his voice. The earth melts. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Come, behold the works of the Lord. See what desolations he has brought on the earth. He makes wars cease to the end of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the shields with fire. Be still and know that I am God. I am exalted among the nations. I am exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. This is the word of the Lord. Our second reading is taken from Paul's letter to the Colossians. We are in chapter 1. We are reading verses 11 through 20. Colossians 1, 11 through 20. Listen for the word of the Lord. May you be made strong with all the strength that comes from his glorious power, and may you be prepared to endure everything with patience while joyfully giving thanks to the Father who has enabled you to share in the inheritance of the saints in the light. He has rescued us from the power of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his beloved Son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation, for in him all things in heaven and on earth were created, things visible and invisible. Whether thrones or dominions or rulers or powers, all things have been created through him and for him. He himself is before all things, and in him all things hold together. He is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, so that he might come to have first place in everything. For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through him God was pleased to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, by making peace through the blood of his cross. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So today is the King Sunday. 
It is the end of our liturgical church calendar. It is one of our high holy days that doesn't get much attention. But this is the last day of our church year, so we proclaim it as the King Sunday. Next week, we will begin Advent with a brand new church year as we start to build in anticipation the four weeks that lead in Advent to Christ being born, and from there, we're off to the races. So when I say the King Sunday, of course, what you think of is Elvis, Elvis the King. I was reading a little bit about Elvis recently, a couple of things you may not have known I didn't know. Turns out that from a book called The World According to Elvis, when Elvis was 11, he was given a brand new shiny guitar. And he was angry and he was upset because he wanted a bicycle. Who knew? Secondly, of the three Grammys that Elvis won for his music, all three of them were for religious songs that he had recorded. Hmm, interesting. And third, when Elvis died, he was reading uh, a book on the Shroud of Turin called The Scientific Search for the Face of Jesus. Right at the time of his death, he was reading a book on the Shroud of Turin, The Scientific Search for the Face of Jesus. Now, it's good to know that that king, who was king in his area, certainly, entertainment, music, bridged radio into early TV. But this isn't just the King Sunday. This is Christ the King Sunday. Now, I'm glad that Elvis, even at the end, was searching for Christ to connect with him, the lower king seeking the higher king. In our world, we are overrun with kings that are vying for our attention, for our worship, for our time and resources and effort. I'll give you a few in case you don't believe me. So you have Elvis the king, you have Michael Jackson the king of pop, you have King Kong, King B, King Creole, you have the mouse king from the Nutcracker, you have Aragorn from Return of the Kings, you have the kings of Leon, you have King James from the 1600s, you have LeBron James, basketball player who now is called King James, you have Simba and Mufasa, you have the king of Wakanda. You have the king of queens, you have king pin, you have king of pain, you have king candy, you have king cake, you have we three kings, you have the king of crush, who was Babe Ruth, you have Nat King Cole, King Fisher, King's Hawaiian, which is bread. You have the Kingston Trio, you have King Arthur, you have King of the Hill, Stephen King, King Lear, and maybe the two most important, our own Betty King and Debbie King. <laughs> now, 
Aside from the last two, Betty and Debbie King, all of those kings I mentioned, and yes, there are millions more, taken in and of themselves can be fun, enjoy, constitute hobbies, time away, pleasant distractions. But so often, if we only lump ourselves with all those little kings, they can distract us from proclaiming Christ as our rightful and only king. That was the case for Paul in this letter. In this struggling church in Colossae, which is uh, near Ephesus, so if you think of Jerusalem, where it is on the Mediterranean, and you just go north, and then it curves around and goes west, and before you hit the other side, which Ephesus is over that way, a little southwest is Colossae. Paul hadn't been there when he wrote this letter. We think around 60-61 in his first imprisonment in Rome, he wrote this while in jail because he got word that they were having some problem with heresy, that they were having problem with false teachings, that they were having issues figuring out what true Christian theology was about. And again, all of these early churches, we struggle today to know and to really believe what we believe about the risen Christ. Those first generation Christians, my goodness, how do they figure any of that out? Paul is trying to help them. So they are battling Gnosticism, a form of kind of almost a worship of knowledge that all material things are bad and all spiritual things are good. Therefore, Christ could not be incarnate because you wouldn't put something good and put it inside this evil stuff, matter of life. There were other false teachings. There were other religions that were around that were being incorporated. So Paul lays it out here in the first chapter and lets us know who is to be worshiped and why. Christ is king for these reasons. And one of our first challenges today is to reclaim in our lives the understanding, the awe, the wonder, the power, the strength, and the might of Christ as king. Often we will put Christ in a box, put Jesus where we know him as one of us, and we forget the amazing power that God wrought through him. So Paul was sharing with them, why is Jesus king? In verse 1, chapter 1, verse 13, he rescued us from the power of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of Christ. Rescued us from the power of darkness and transferred us. We got a lot of banking people here in the community. Transfer from the power of darkness into Christ's community, Christ's kingdom. Who could do that? Who could overcome the powers of darkness? Why do we call Christ king? Because he already did for us what we could not do for ourselves. We say it every week in our confession. He was the one who took the power of sin and death from all of us because we could not do it for ourselves. And because he was given that power, he is the king, capital K. All these other thrones submit to him. All these other things are under his rule and his guidance, his purview. 
And we too need to reclaim again who else could take us from the power of darkness and transfer us into the kingdom of Christ. Only Christ could do that. Another piece that we'll get to, especially in Advent, is God incarnate in Christ. There's a story about Billy Graham when the Korean conflict, he was visiting a hospital. And there was a young man whose spine was shattered from a bullet. So he was face down in this kind of canvas crib, they called it. And they had cut out a hole so he could see when he was looking down. Billy Graham comes and talks to him and he says, soldier says, Mr. Graham, would you mind coming down here so I could see you? So Billy Graham gets down on his back, on the floor, looking up, has a conversation with the young man and prays with him. That's not unlike what God did in Christ for us. Sent Christ in a way that we could see Christ face to face as one of us, as a human being, incarnate. The other understandings of Christ as king, very clear to us. Max Licato tells the story of a, a Russian fable where a, a master and servant get caught in a blizzard. And in the morning, they find them in the blizzard and the master is dead in the snow. And when they pull him up, the servant underneath is cold but alive because the master took it on himself to take care of his servant. Christ did that for us. Christ is both our king and one who came to serve the world. Only Christ can be king. Only Christ. So when we reclaim that, all of this talk of the firstborn, the first fruits, the first of creation, all of that is to make sure that we put or keep Christ first. Not down among the many other kings of this world, but first and foremost is Christ the king, then there is everything else below. So the second piece, so number one, recognize that Christ is indeed king and celebrate that. And two, how do we then get access to Christ the king? Often so hard in this world to truly feel connected to Christ, to God, to know that we are in that light that God is shining Chapter 1, verse 11 tells us, may you be prepared to endure everything with patience while joyfully giving thanks to God. That first part, may you be prepared to endure everything with patience. How many people love patience? Woohoo! So hard. So hard. So often we get caught in the trap of not seeking Christ, not being patient because we need something or we're asking for something, and then we throw the Jesus out with the bathwater because in a moment of crisis we throw up our need. God does not reply in the time or the way that we want or in any discernible way, and so we say God doesn't exist, Christ isn't there, boom, we move on. 
Our time is not God's time. God's time is not our time. But patience allows us to look back over our lives and to see that God indeed has been present. And the things that have happened, the gifts that we've been given, have indeed be given, been given from God. Patience and persistence kind of work together here for how we are to encounter Christ the King. We know the story of Ernest Shackleton, adventurer who was going out to the Antarctic, to Antarctica, and that happened to be the same day that England declared war on Germany in World War I. So Shackleton gets to the first port and sends a communique to the government and says, I, I assume now that war has been declared, we are, we are returning, we are not going forward with our expedition. And he gets a cable back from the government with one word. It says, proceed, Winston Churchill. Proceed, Winston Churchill to say that no matter what's going on around them, they were called for a purpose, they were gifted, they were um, given everything that they need to go and do their mission that they were called to. And it was fear that was shutting them down. And Churchill, even though dealing with all kinds of other things, says, no, you go do what you've been called to do. So too in life can we be surrounded by difficult situations, difficult people, difficult tragedies. We can be surrounded by fear that makes us want to stop what we've been called to do and who we've been called to be. And God said, no, it is this patience, it is this persistence and perseverance that will drive you on. And sometimes it's trial and error with God. One of the things that sets us apart from other religions is that while others are seeking their larger deity, it is our God who is seeking us. It is God who is seeking us in a personal, incarnational way through Christ and then every day since Christ ascended and the Holy Spirit descended. We don't have to go far to find Christ because we know we are surrounded at all times. But the hard part, again, is to find ways to connect with that. Persistence, perseverance, and I offer you this story. I have a friend when we lived in Houston, his name is Mark. He was a paper boy. This was fifth grade, sixth grade. This is back before, I think now it's mostly adults and they drive the cars. This was classic. Boy on his bike, throwing them. They would come and drop them off at his garage at 4.30 a.m. He would fold them, put them in the sleeves, then had the two huge canvas bags on either side of his bike that then he would ride literally uphill in the rain, not the snow. We were in Houston. Parents wouldn't help him. This is your deal. You deal with it. So he did. He got the monstrous right arm of God. He could throw those papers back when papers had some heft and some weight to them. He could knock the worm out of the bird's mouth on a tree. 
He was that good. So my friend uh, goes on vacation and says, Danny, would you fill in for me? Of course I'll fill in for you. What could go wrong? A little scratch for me? A little something extra? Yeah, good, good, good. So we sit down. It's not too difficult. There's one main road and a bunch of roads coming off. The whole back end of our, our uh, uh, subdivision, our neighborhood. Very simple process. Once I folded all the bags, got them in and didn't fall over on the bike. Then each street I was to go in. I had a little piece of paper. The first corner house was one. Next one was two, three, four, five, till it got all the way around that street. And the ones that were listed were simply the ones to get the newspaper. So maybe it was one, three, six, and seven. Sounds easy enough. Messed it all up. Messed it all up. He calls me from vacation and says, uh, the newspaper called. No one got their paper who ordered the paper, and many got the paper who don't get the paper. I said, oops, sorry. I thought I understood, but I didn't. So Mark being patient and kind and also not having any choice because he's on vacation, worked with me again. And we sat down and we walked through it and I figured it out. And so the next day I went again, did it right. No complaints, everything in its right place. The point of that is to say that I could have given up that first time or Mark could have said, no, you're not worth me doing this. I'm going to go find somebody else. The persistence and the patience to both be taught and to try again led to the success of that small event. We are given each other as a gift for different ways to reach Christ the King. Maybe it's in worship. Maybe it's through our music and choir. Maybe it's scripture. Maybe it is those Bible studies. Maybe it's serving. Maybe it's fellowship. Maybe it's the pre-Thanksgiving dinner, Thanksgiving dinner. There are so many ways that Christ is seeking to connect with us. And if we claim again the amazing power of Christ the King, and we truly put Christ the King first, all those other kings become second, third, and fourth in our lives. I will close with a little story about a man who was driving through a relatively small town and saw everybody in the road walking to the church. All the parking places were full. The church itself was so full they had to move, move the service to the cemetery right next door so everybody could be there. Stuck in traffic, he's looking around and he says, rolls the window down, asks a crossing guard or asks a, a, a police officer, but what, what's going on? Well, we're, we've got a big funeral. Well, well who, who died? I don't remember anybody famous in town. I don't know anybody that I should know of that, that died. And, and the police officer says, it was, uh, he was a crossing guard crossing guard, the man says, why are all these people coming? He was a crossing guard. And they said that for 29 years, this lady had helped all of these families and their children across the road from one side to another. These are all the families and children that she had helped in her lifetime that came to her service. Christ acts as king 
And yes, as crossing guard, every day we move from being sinful to being forgiven, from the power of darkness into the power of God's Christ's kingdom, from being guilty to being forgiven, from our old life to new life. And from this world, God will take us across the road to our new lives when that time comes to us. So today, we are to joyfully reclaim that Christ is king, king over all other kings in our lives. And we are to remember that it is patience, persistence, and continuing to seek to find Christ's presence that is seeking to find us, that moves us forward on this journey. So then let us with one voice proclaim that Christ is King. Hallelujah. Amen.